I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Hello and welcome to Down to Dunk, episode 670. we got a special podcast for you today. It's Jay Smith with Andrew Schleck. Actually, it's just me that's different. I'm just joining the Monday podcast. because we also have Michele Barra from Europe on Skype. And here's the cool thing about today. As we are live, just the two of us. With McKinley on Skype, we are live here at Oklahoma Shirt Company. And here's why we're live here. It's because right now, they are starting production on the playoff t-shirts. And not like t-shirts that we're making, but like the t-shirts that you're going to get at the arena if you go to the games. That's what we are doing here at Oklahoma Shirt Company. So, it's a big deal. A big enough deal where we can't tell you. It's a cool deal. We can't tell you anything about it. We can tell you Thunder Playoff t-shirts. We can tell you Oklahoma Shirt Company. And we can tell you cool. They're awesome. They're cool. I can say no more. That's it. That's all we can tell you. But here's what I know is it is a big ordeal here at Oklahoma Shirt Company. And you can tell it's a big ordeal because there is a lot going on. You're going to be able to hear some stuff. They also have a little construction going on behind us too. So you'll get to hear... The ongoings of Oklahoma Shirt Company as they get work done. It's a lot of work. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can see people maybe carrying boxes walking by us. And but you, you will see, not see the shirts. You can see Jay wearing a tie, which is very fancy. Which hey, is not normal. Also, McKelly's here. McKelly, what's up? Hey, can I have one t-shirt in Italy? <laughs> can, can, we ship ship him, can we ship him a shirt? Is that a thing? Yeah, I do want that. I don't think so, but we can try. Okay. I'm set. I'm set now. I'm leaving. I'm going back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> going back to Game of Thrones. Oh, another reason to be sad is the Thunder lost to the Portland Trailblazers in Game 1. Uh, 99 to 104. And the, the reason why they lost is because they couldn't shoot the basketball. They finished 5 of 33 from the three-point line which is, like, historically bad. I mean, McKelly, can you, like, put some context around how terrible this was? Yeah, I mean, there are things to be said about their first quarter defense, which was not um, ready for the way Portland attacked. And to be fair, like, Portland hit basically all their shots. And so... OKC found themselves into troubles. And when I was watching the game live, I thought, well, now is the Russell Westbrook. I'm going to shoot everything that I touch, and I'm going to try to win this one by myself. And instead, OKC tried to play the right way. And I think that for the most part, they they got incredibly good shots. Like, I'm I'm, I'm watching... um, I'm looking at the stats right now, uh, the dashboard, the tracking dashboard uh, of the Thunder for their game, and there are 28 open to wide open trees. Yeah. Like, 
this is insane. It's not insane. Um, like, they, they really work to, to get those. Yeah. Russ was incredible. He tried the needle. He used all his speed to, to get the shooters on their, on their shots. And I, I also tried to, uh, to look into the, at the passing quality, and the passes were good. Like, PG had incredibly good shot quality, and he couldn't, he couldn't make them. Yeah. And you can say that Portland had a good defensive game, but if you, if, you, if you let the other team shoot 28 times from three, why win? Does that make a good defensive performance? I don't think so. No. Like, you could say that Ennis had 87.5 uh, defensive rating, and, and to be fair, Ennis played a great game for his standards, mm-hmm. but if the average amount of three-pointers goes down for OKC, that 87 goes to 108, 109, maybe 110. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, I'm really encouraged by the fact that OKC was able to play the right way, even if they were down for and um, on these ni- on these nights, you want to get a win because it's important because it's difficult to hold Portland to 104 points. But on the other end, you can see the process. You can see that OKC stick with the game plan and executed the game plan pretty well. I I was I honestly like walked away and said I really liked the way they played. I like yeah. I like the way they defended for three quarters. For the last three quarters, they were very good, and I I like the way they executed the offense. Russell Westbrook took two threes. He made all of his free throws. I thought that he was getting into the paint and creating the kind of shots that you want to get. And he was getting to the rim and he was scoring. Uh, here's here's some stats from at Stephen Thunder fan Stephen Dolan. Always has some some pretty smart tweets. He said, if the Thunder players who shot open or wide open threes in game one had shot their averages on only those, the Thunder would have scored almost 18 points more. And he has, yeah. a, he has a chart. I retweeted it. So go look at my Twitter profile, Andrew K. Schlecht. And he, has, he put this chart out there, and they would have scored almost 18 points. And the thing is, you didn't need 18. You needed six. You needed yeah. two threes to fall. Two more. That's it. That's, yeah, so that's what you needed. If the Thunder had shot even close to their percentage, right? So they end up shooting, unless I'm wrong, unless I'm they, finding it from they somewhere kill, else. They absolutely kill them if they shoot their yeah, average percentage. their average percentage on the season... Oh, that's not true. I'm in the wrong place here. What is this? Why do all... I, I don't know how to use statistics, is what I'm realizing. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's the Thunder's average on three-point percentage this season? What was their team percentage? Does anybody remember? Is 34 and change? Like yeah, so that's kind of so that's, that is the one I found. Okay, so I'm not that far off. <laughs> if they shot that close, that's at least five to six more three pointers. They, if, yeah. they, if they shoot normal bad, like 20 percent, 25 percent, just normal bad, they win. Yeah, I mean you don't, you don't even need good. You don't even need average. You just need normal bad. And it'd be different if we, it'd be different if we were looking at this and thinking, kind of what you spoke to, Michele, is it's like. It's not like Portland was just locking them down on the perimeter. Paul George missed. I remember there was one. It felt like it was two series in a row where he missed three or four perfectly um, open shots. And then there was there was two or three, especially late in the game, where it felt. I think it was Grant and Paul George, both in the corners actually, that felt like it rattled on every side of the oh rim and did not go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and those shots and changed the whole. That, that changes the whole trajectory trajectory of the game. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, there was one, uh, well, two possessions that really killed uh, every hope of the Thunder to, to win this one. And it's a perfectly run play for the Thunder that leaves Paul George on the left side of the court, 45 degrees angle, um, like a wing tree, yep. wide open. He had like, I would say 12 feet from his from his defender. <laughs> like crazy. he was completely open. It was Zim Rhythm. It was the best shot you can get. And Russ, I, I think it was Russ that passed him the ball. It was completely open. Uh, he he missed the, the tree and then Dame shoots from 32 feet. Just a yes, Russ was Russ was way way ahead. Like it was probably on the three point line. Yeah. So six feet from him. Um, but Russ was limping, so he tried to yeah. to to avoid like a dribble penetration and Dane shoot the ball from there. So in those two possessions, it is um, it is basically where every hope ended. But it is like one crazy shot from, on on one hand and a crazy miss on the other. Like it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it was like like the Thunder got a excellent shot, like a very very good shot from their best shooter, who's not only a good shooter but has had a historic year shooting the three ball, and they got him a wide open shot that could could have swung the momentum and put the Thunder in yeah. position to win, and he misses and then. Lillard takes the shot. It's a terrible shot, and it just goes and it goes in. And he he can make those shots. Obviously, he can, but it's not a that's not a good shot that was generated. He just he was wide open because everybody's wide open when they're back there, and he just shot it and he made it. And it was that that was the backbreaker for the game because I mean you had you look at who shot threes. Paul George four of fifteen. You get Paul yeah. George fifteen threes. You're doing something right. You're doing yeah. something right, and it and it just didn't work. Jeremy Grant, yeah. 0 of 3. Westbrook, 0 of 4. Ferguson, 1 of 2. Morris, 0 of 1. Felton, 0 of 1. Schroeder, 0 of 7. Schroeder's yeah. the, yeah, that's the one that's the most, like, shocking. Yeah, and overall, I thought the Thunder bench played well. I thought New Orleans Noel was awesome in this game. Yeah. I thought Adams yeah. played well. I know that people are going to compare the the lines from Adams and and Cantor and be like, "Well, Stephen Adams got completely outplayed by Ennis Cantor." And like, if you look at the stat lines, absolutely, and Ennis was great. But I thought that Steve played good defense. Yeah, I mean, Cantor's doing yeah. Cantor's doing exactly what Cantor does. He gets the big to to play off. You know, for the penetration and Cantor, I mean, would he have seven or eight offensive rebounds? He had seven, and he had yeah. two down. At the, he had one or two down at the end of the game that were just pivotal, pivotal backbreakers. He was awesome. And so some of that is you'll see the. I think you'll see one of the big adjustments from Billy going into game two. You would hope is number one is is and and this is where I do want McKelly. I want you to you and Andrew to kind of talk about this. But how can you play Cantor off the floor? And are there ways that the Thunder did not utilize you know the pick and roll enough to do that? But the other thing that's important. Is is that backside blockout right? So when Adams comes to defend, Grant and the guards have to do a better job of crashing on on the boards. Am I am I right about that? Is there a way that they can rotate a little bit better to get a body in front of Cantor? Or is this just something that you're willing to give up if it means that you're you're guarding the perimeter more effectively? No, I think that Dort. You're right uh, on the fact that the rotation has to be uh, on time, and and I think that. If OKC defends the way they they did for 36 minutes, like after the first quarter, they will be 
like even if if Kanner plays, that is the way you should guard Portland. And I will go on a run for like two minutes about people who are saying that Billy is a bad coach because of the can't play Kanner. Like these guys do not realize how basketball is played because Billy said those words two years ago because Ennis was not scoring Mm -hmm. and was not rebounding the ball. Yesterday, whenever he was in a pick and roll situation, there were two points for OKC, like almost all the time. So it's not that Ennis had a great defensive performance. Again, it's OKC missing wide open trees. Uh, but on the other, it's on the other end. It's the rebounding. It's the offense, offensive game that Ennis had last, um, last night who was important for, for, for Portland. And two years ago against Houston, he wasn't getting anything against Nene. So right. that's why <laughs> he couldn't play. Because yeah. if you have like a... Like a a two-point every possession player on defense that cannot score, you cannot play him. Last night, he was great on offense. Therefore, he played. Um, so I don't think that you want to, put, to, to play Ennis off the court. And this is something that Royce said uh, probably before the game. I don't remember if he said on Dream Team or just tweeted about it. He said, OKC doesn't want to play Kenner off the floor but wants to score on Kender or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, that is right. I mean, you don't want to necessarily play Ennis off the floor because you can get a good shot whenever Ennis is on the floor. Uh, you want to limit him on the rebounds. And that's where Jeremy Grant needs to play better. Yeah. Because Jeremy is not a great um, rebounder. No. Like, he's not a great positional rebounder. And it's not great at boxing out. Yeah. And so you want Steven to, to, to play uh, as high as possible to prevent uh, Damien and, and CJ uh, trees off the dribble. And in the same way, you would like to have someone who can box out ends. That is a difficult thing to do. And if you have to, to search for an adjustment, I would look there. Hey, McKelly, I, I don't. here's what I don't get. People say play in us off the floor. What other options do they have? Zach Collins was a minus nine yesterday. Like I just don't know like what like what is their what do they do cuz I don't know that you can really play them off the floor. I think they for the Blazers they have to kind of live with the, with the result of having Cantor, yep. don't you think? Yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean, you can try for just to give him a breather uh, or maybe if Myers Leonard somehow finds freedom from 3, then maybe you can play him a little bit more. But I I really think that Portland has to play him and and he, he gives them a dimension as a rebounder. So if you can limit that, then you can – they will play Kenner, but you will have a bigger advantage, um, again, if you can limit him. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not even the points. I mean, if Ennis scores 18 points, fine. That's fine. Don't want to, him to score 18 points because he, he gets like eight offensive rebounds. Yeah, it's it's – it's the defensive rebounding for the Thunder that that is going to be the issue, and they're yeah. like they can be better than what they were yesterday, and they should be better than what they were yesterday. And some of it's going to have to do with Paul, and we we can talk a little bit about him now. Is that Paul George is obviously not healthy, and even though he said it's only a rhythm thing after the game, uh, I don't know how much I believe that. <laughs> 
you know? I mean, he said he, he that was the first time that he shot a basketball. Since Wednesday. Was yesterday. Or Tuesday. Was to, the last shot that he took in an NBA game was the one that he made to beat Houston. And obviously, he that, in the game wasn't the first time he shot. Like, he went and shot the ball pre-game. So, like, in the game wasn't the first time he shot the ball. But that day was the first time he shot a basketball. And, like, that's a little worrisome because well, they the, had to practice. Yeah, and the thing, he, the thing he said that was, I don't know, troubling to me as a part of that conversation was when he said that he couldn't lift his arm. He couldn't lift his arm up yeah. after that game. And so it's like, because we kind of, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that it was one of those things that if Milwaukee game, if, you know, they really needed it, obviously, but if they needed it and Milwaukee was playing – you know, I don't know, maybe Bledsoe. And if it was a little more challenging, I, I kind of thought had this assumption that they would have played Paul because he was a game-time decision, right? Like, yeah. if he was that bad, I feel like they well, would have said he was going. they said he was going to go through the warm-up and see he didn't even go through it. Okay, so it was that bad. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it is troublesome, but I do – I don't know, man. It's hard for me to really think the injury is to blame for last I mean, night. yesterday – his form didn't look weird. Yeah. He was able to take a lot of shots. He wasn't shying away. So, yeah, like, he was getting hit a ton. He was I getting mean, hit. Yeah. Screen, I mean, they're screening all so, over. So, I the mean, place. like, there's. If, if we didn't know he was hurt, maybe we wouldn't be a, as right. concerned because he didn't look like he was hurt. He didn't shoot the ball like he was hurt. He was just shooting like he was completely out of rhythm. And he played like he was out of rhythm to start the game because he was trying to attack. In space, and he was turning the ball over, and he was getting himself in trouble whenever they were throwing double teams at him. He didn't look like he really knew what to do. And I thought those were the biggest problems, that he had, like, no rhythm out there whatsoever. And so maybe we'll get a Paul George that's in better, better rhythm uh, Tuesday night. I don't, I don't know. I, that's something – that is the thing to watch, what Paul George is going to show up in Game 2. Because Game 2 is kind of pivotal. If they can split – in Portland, which I think is entirely possible. Sure. I picked the Thunder in six. Like, that's – I'm not – and I'm not backing away from You have that to lose two games game. to get to six. You have to lose games. Yeah. And you don't want to lose the first one. And I don't – I mean, it's it'll be interesting because I game ones don't always mean something. It could help the Trailblazers get on a roll and figure something out. But you also have to know, like, this is such a huge, like – release for the Blazers yeah. in that they've lost so many playoff games. Ten in like, a row, I think, until just, last night. Yes, and you just kind of yeah. wonder if they're going to just be like, <sighs> that's all we needed. Just don't get swept. Right. And I, I mean, and they had to, re- a lot of things had to go right for them to yeah. win that game. I mean, they had to have Ennis Cantor have this 20 and 18 game. And a layup. And a, to win, and <laughs> to a, really seal it. That he just completely traveled on. They needed every single offensive foul to be called in the entire world yesterday. Right. It was the most maddening thing. And some of them were legit offensive fouls, and some of them were just absolutely not. There was one on Rodney Hood where Rodney Hood had his shoulder. To, I can't remember who. Maybe it was Paul or Russell. Had his shoulder. I think it was Russell. Had his shoulder to Russell. And they called it an offensive foul. And he yeah. wasn't even set. Well, in the Ray Ray, Ray had one against Steph, or that, Seth Curry. That one I thought was legit. I don't know, man. In, the, the hard thing is is in normal speed Yeah, is when they're called. Yeah. In slow-mo is when we evaluate whether or not they're valid or not, right? Which I guess is how you kind of would want it. But it's one of those things where it's like, dude, in the play like itself, yeah, Ray lowered his shoulder. But I'm pretty sure that's the only way he knows how to walk. 
<laughs> right? Like it's not one of those things that he was he was it didn't feel like he was trying to get space. He was just moving. Yeah. Is what and it the felt Blazers like the just play. fell over every time yeah. they were touched. And that has to be reevaluated. Like you can't just call the charge just because a guy falls down. Well, and different refing refing crews every single game and so it'll change based it on who's ch- next. So McKelly, I yeah. want McKelly, I know you have some things to talk about that. One of the things I want you to transition to is I want you to talk about kind of some things that you saw from the Thunder defensively that really stood out to you. Well, in the second half, uh, in the second half and in the second quarter, I I think that they a defended the um, uh, the penetration like the one-on-one defense in the first quarter was horrible, and one of the players that made uh, the biggest change between the first half and the second uh, and the second is Dennis Schroeder. So I heard a lot of comments that Dennis had a horrible game. I don't think so. Like he was able to hold on CJ after the first quarter, mm-hmm. where he got basically erased from the face of the earth by, by CJ. In the second half, he was able to hold his own. He was able to to put CJ into uh, difficult spots. And yes, he missed trees, but he didn't took bad shots. And that is very important. And so defensively, one thing that is very important when you when you guard uh, teams like Portland is to hold your own when you are on one on one. Yep. And 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 if you do that, if you're able to keep the first penetration of CJ and Dame while you're you're working through screens, there is where you have where you can get an advantage because you don't have to lace his switch. You can keep um, your position maybe a second longer so that uh, Steven can go back when so when you when you when the thunder blitz this is how it works the um, the big Steven stays really high and the guards try to force the um, the screen if he's able to do that and to keep his feet moving uh, without giving up uh, the, the the penetration then Steven has time a to contest a possible pull up and b whenever the guards reestablish his position to go back to the big man. All that without having to switch. And the Thunder in the second half were able to do that. And that is, that is something that requires a lot of strength, a lot of discipline, and, and it requires an enormous performance from your bigs. And I think that both Steven and Aaron's did a great job on that. Gordon didn't get too many easy shots after the first uh, the first quarter. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the Thunder want to play a physical brand of basketball, and the officiating crew wasn't really allowing that to happen. In which you kind of like approach the postseason thinking like it's a more it's more physical. It's going to be, and like McKelly, what did you think about that? Did you think it was a lot less physical than you thought it would be? Well, there were weird calls here and there. Um, the one that you mentioned about Rodney Green, um, uh, what did you say? Rodney, Rodney Green? Hood. No, Rodney Green. Rodney Green is a is a minor league players uh, in Europe. Sorry, <laughs> Rodney Hood. Um, Rodney Hood was basically walking back, well, trying to running back. Yeah, and they called it a charge. That is that is a whistle that I never like yeah. because you don't have such a position, you just fall. Right. And that is not really a charge. So there were um, weird calls. But I thought that, for example, Mo Harkless and Amino were pretty physical uh, with PG. 
Yeah, there were. And there weren't too many fouls. And so I think that in the second half, OKC was more physical, on CJ especially, on Dame. They were trying to put their body more on the guards. And so I really think that there was a, a sort of imbalance between some uh, contact that, that was allowed and some calls that, like the, um, the offensive calls, defensive fouls, mm-hmm. that were like, I don't think they were really, really good calls. Um, but I think that the physical level was good enough for a playoff series. I've seen worse. Like, I don't remember if it was uh, Indiana, Boston, or maybe Philly and Brooklyn. There, there were a few calls that were like barely touching each other. Mm-hmm. And there was a call. I don't. I didn't felt like that the officiating crew really was meaningful in the game uh, to decide a game one way or the other. There were weird calls, but on both sides. Like for example, Russ had a very, very troubling um, uh, penetration, the same as Ennis, just in a different moment of the game. And so I, I don't really had an impression that the the crew was um, was bad or anything. Just weird on the offensive fouls, but. I mean, if you get an officiating like that for the entire series, I'm good with it. Yeah. Uh, something, something about being physical is that we are working with physical balance centers here in Oklahoma City. Oh, nice transition so, here. Physical and therapy balance centers. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. Sometimes I drive by there and I'm like, when I, before I knew what it was, I was like, is that just a, a place for old people? Just where old people go, Jay? It's not. It's definitely not. You want to get, you want to get fit. You want to get your balance into gear. You just want to feel better. If yes. you're just a person that's just like, oh, I don't feel, I just don't feel good. And you want to feel better physically. This is a place to go if you're recovering from an accident, a surgery, and if medicine is not the avenue that you want to go to relieve your pain, then you want to go and grab a consultation at Physical F Y Z I C A L. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, gain strength, endurance. Go to physical and therapy balance centers. They have a variety of different specialists. So every person's program, every person's treatment is unique. Just stop in and you can find out more. Don't drive by physical. Go in. F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. You can go to their website. It is physical.com backslash Oklahoma dash city. Or give them a call. 405-489-0909. Support the people that support Down to Dunk. And go check out Physical Therapy and Balance Center. Get your core in shape, people. It's cool, man. It's a cool I place. know. That's what I'm saying. For real. Physical therapy changed your life. It's awesome. Avoid surgery. Check it out. All right. Anything else from this game uh, that stuck out to you, Michele? And maybe a look uh, ahead at game two? Yeah. What kind of adjustments can we kind of expect? I mean, it's hard to obviously predict this, but what what do you think is coming from Terry Stotts in Portland? What do you think the Thunder are going to be doing differently in Game 2? Well, you always want to tweak uh, here and there. Um, I think that there were things, especially in the first quarter, that need to be addressed. But I felt like, again, that the last three quarters were, I'm not saying perfect because you are never perfect, but this is the way OKC wants to play. And on the Portland side, though, I don't think that they, uh, that they will change either. I know that they said many times that they did not a great job in, in guarding the three ball. But if you have to bet 
if you want to bet, um, would you rather bet on Anna Scanner play like 35 pick and rolls by himself? Or do you want to bet on OKC missing three pointers again? Yeah, it's a good call. I do think that they will pack the paint no matter what. Maybe they will stay home with George a little bit more. Maybe more Harkless will try to be a little less physical in order to avoid silly fouls because he had many. Um, and he can kind of stay with PG more than others. Like if Rodney Hood is going to guard, PG is not going to end well uh, unless PG had a, has another uh, games like that. And so maybe a few things. But again, I, I really I am under the impression that the two teams will play a game that is kind of close to what to what we saw. Because both teams can say, well, we didn't get um, very good results, but the process was okay, especially OKC. Um, one thing that I really want to see, though, is related to the things that I was addressing before, which is defensive rebounding. Um, can OKC send another man? Like, can OKC, OKC send Paul George, maybe? to try to get some more rebounds, to try to box Ennis out. I don't want to, to, if I'm a coach, I don't want to risk his shoulder, his shoulder right. but if he's able to do that, he can, he can be effective. Like, Jeremy cannot box out really well. So either he focuses on that and somehow he tries. So, so, sometimes Ferguson is better at that, mm-hmm. at, at getting rebounds. And so maybe they will try to design different backside rotation in order to, to keep Ennis away from the basket. But I don't think that you want to have Steven there. Steven has to be um, on the top of the key trying to um, to guard um, pull-ups and, and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Maybe something in the rotations. Um, Ferguson played 16 minutes. That's not enough. Was, was that foul? Was that foul I was going to bring that up. Some of it was foul-related, and obviously not all of it was. He only had four fouls. I yeah. feel like he had three early. Maybe. He had three like, early, yeah, but that what kind of throws still, everything like, off. He didn't play him down the stretch. Well, with as well as he's played against, I mean, obviously Milwaukee is what it is, but he played well against Houston. He played well down the stretch here. You just kind of feel like, man, give the dude minutes. You want to give yeah. him some shots, especially whenever. I mean, if Schroeder was like on fire out there, I mean, the dude is always seven from three. So like, what's I I, I didn't if if I didn't like anything that Billy did yesterday, it was that. Is the yeah. the complete imbalance of the Ferguson versus Schroeder, and and like you said, McKelly, on the defensive end, I thought in the last three quarters he played okay. He was good enough, but still, like you have yeah. the option to have a six seven guy with long arms, crazy athleticism that can hit threes out there, and who knows, like if if three of those threes went to Ferguson instead, like maybe he makes two of them. I mean, you just don't know. I would I would rather go with Ferguson down the stretch of games than Schroeder in a lot of ways. Uh, but 16 minutes is just not enough. That's just not yeah. even close to being enough. Yeah, and, and if you want to if you want to nitpick a little bit on both Ras and Billy, there are, I think that if you want to try PG at the four yeah. in one game, this is where you, where you do it. Mm-hmm. Because when when you have Dame, CJ, um, Hood, or Curry, and Aminu, you can really play Dennis, Russ, Ferguson, and George. Yeah. I know that it's a small lineup, but you have the best, probably the best pacing unit uh, out there. And also, Russ went out of his way 
to to find shots for PG. And that is great because PG is your best shooter. But when you do it like 15 times and you pass him the ball too much, too early in the possession, you make things a little bit easier for the defense because they know that they can try to double or to force PG. If you try to involve other guys like Grant, Grant could shoot like five threes a night and, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Same is Ferguson. Give them 10 shots um, between the two or something close to that. That will open things even for Paul George. And they showed on many occasions that they can step up, especially if you find them good shot early. Mm-hmm. And that is something that Russ should do in game two. Um, I know that PG will want to, to prove himself a bit, but let PG find shots for himself. He can do that. He can put himself into a Yes, yeah, so if you have like, if you can find him a great shot, do it. But try to find good shot for some of, for other players. Mm-hmm. They did with Steven very well. I think that you can do a better job in finding shots for, for Ferg and for Jeremy. Yeah. Totally agree. I thought we haven't really talked about Russell that much. I thought Russ was awesome yesterday. I thought he played a disciplined game. He took four threes. He was attacking over and over again. He was getting downhill. I thought he was awesome. He had twenty six potential assists yesterday. Twenty six. Wow. He finished with ten. I mean, that says a lot. That says a whole lot. He was doing everything. He was doing the right things. He was making the right plays. I just, I just could not believe that <laughs> Thunder lost a game where we got like probably the best version of Russell Westbrook, where he was trying to calm down Terrence Ferguson when Ferg went crazy. It was like a weird, like one of the weirdest Thunder moments ever, where Terrence Ferguson gets a technical foul and Russell Westbrook is the one calming him down. It was just like it just kind of completely blew my mind. It was just <laughs> absolutely insane. Uh, and here's Spe- oh yeah, go ahead. No, no. Speaking of weird calls, the two technicals were incredible. Like yeah, two technicals tech, for yeah. what? They they didn't do anything. They was, barely touched each other. Right. Yeah, it was so it was Sorry. so dumb. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Well, and I mean, this kind of speaks to the absurdity of yesterday's three-point shooting, three-point shooting percentages. I can't talk right now. Uh, the Thunder shot fifteen point two percent. The Blazers shot forty-four percent. That was the best and the worst of the of game ones of everybody. Yeah. The Blazers shot the best, and the Thunder shot the worst. And like you look at everybody else, like Detroit, Utah, Indiana. Those are the other three teams that lost over the weekend. Detroit lost by 35. Utah lost by 32. Indiana lost by 10. And the Thunder lost by 5. And they shot the worst percentage of all of them. I mean, like that... Yeah. I mean, it's obvious... You can't... It's, it's weird to be encouraged by bad things. But it's just unsustainably bad. Like, and like I said, if the Thunder are just normal bad or just like... A, like, that's not a bad shooting night. That's... It's, in a, it's just the worst shooting night. I think it's actually the worst percentage that's been shot in the like in the playoffs in a long time. Yeah, it was it was laughable. Like watching some of those shots where it's like, and, and there were multiple. Like I said, that felt like they were going in. There was a there Jeremy Grant one shifters. that went in and yeah. out. There was Paul that just over and over. I mean, it was just cra- it was it was a crazy crazy afternoon. And you know the Thunder don't 
typically play well in the afternoon. Yeah. So twelve thirty Pacific time. Yeah. So may, so maybe yeah. that's a part of it. But it, like they had a chance to win the game, and yeah. you, you don't want to lose games where you have a chance to win. But there's very clear reasons why they lost. Uh, and re- one reason why they're even in it is that Russell Westbrook went eight of eight from the free throw line. Yeah, the whole team went twenty to twenty three. Yeah. Like that's. I mean yeah. that's. But that's just a locked in thing. That's and that's the reminder of all of this crap throughout the season has just been a mental engagement, which is annoying. But it, what's here's what's crazy. I'm not rehashing all of that because it really doesn't change anything. Yeah. Well, and I just like <laughs> I just mentally you talk about the mental game. I lo- I just really love the way they played yesterday. And some people looked yeah. at me like I was crazy when I said that. People were asking me about the game last night at church and were like, "Hey, what'd you think?" I was like, "I kind of like the way they played." And they were like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, like their approach was awesome. They're I, engaged. Yeah. They on the defensive end, I thought they did a good After job." After the first for three, quarter, for they were really quarters. locked in. 15 points in the second quarter. I mean, that's insane. What yeah. a bounce back. Yeah. Which is some of that is regressing to the mean from the Blazers too. It like, is. They came out on fire. It is. Dame hit that yeah. shot and I thought that Stan Van Gundy just nailed it. Like those are the, the shots that the, the Blazers were making in the first quarter are shots that you can go and take. They're not good shots. The shot selection was not good. But they're shots when you have your legs, you can go out there and take those and you feel good. Mm-hmm. But then once as the game progresses, you're not you don't have the same legs to take the same those same kind of shots and they you know, Dame made one of them, which happened to be like yeah. the shot of the game. But for yeah. the most part, those shots are, are such a high degree of difficulty, you don't take them. So I, I'm encouraged. I'm not deterred at all from my Thunder and Six pick. I, I still would say that that would be still, is still my prediction uh, for what's going to happen. I'm a little nervous about my Thunder and Five pick. Well, they got to win four in a row. Yeah. You yeah remember? That's, that's tough. <laughs> that's that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. But uh, the Thunder need to to turn this around they need to go win uh in portland if and even if they lose it's not all over no no no, no. Um, i mean charles barkley says who's i mean i don't trust most of what he says about basketball uh but what he does say is that a series didn't start until somebody wins on the other team's floor right yeah. until game seven i guess it's confusing he's confusing <laughs> actually i think the series already did start, yeah it feels like it actually. started in game one but so what mckelly are there any other you have any other thunder thoughts for ask you just maybe a couple quick thoughts about the rest of the playoffs? Well, I don't I think we're not going to have time. We don't have any time. Kelly's going to have to roll here in a second. I'll I'll try. I'll try to uh, thunder thunder related or general. Do you, do you have anything thoughts? else for the thunder? I'm going to give you like 2 minutes to talk the rest of the Okay. Nothing, oh, nothing okay. else for the thunder? Are you good on thunder? No, no, no. On the thunder I want to say something. Yeah. Um there were there were things uh said about Russell uh, in many other, um, say, podcasts and articles, like if you if you find ways to complain about Russ's game, I don't really know why you watch NBA. <laughs> like he was incredible. That's like the last perfect night. Russell he game. Was, Who is complaining? I want you to just blast them right now. Please. No, no, I, I will not. I will not give names, okay. of course. Um, nice. But um, like they they say, oh wow, that that defense on Lillard wasn't was. Oh, unexcusable yeah, yeah. like right. what like give me a break he was 32 feet out of the basket barry trommel said when lillard launched the shot i was very happy and me too yes because that was a crappy shot like 32 feet 
It is. It's a crap shot. Like, come on. Come on. Do you want Russ to go with a bad ankle? Because he he knew, and that is one thing that I, I, I want to stress, the, Russ's ankle is as important as Paul George's shoulder. But anyway, sure. you know that you have a bad ankle, that if you go too far out, He's you gone. will be beaten. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Then what you do, you is it's not that Russ was like three feet inside the three point line. It was one feet outside the three point line. Yeah. Which is the best position to guard um, a three point shooting guy. And and you want to complain about that shot? Come on. Yeah. Um, uh, league wide. I don't really understand why Jokic is so passive on some nights. Like I watched part of that game and he was wasn't even looking at the basket. That thing really bothered me because I don't understand what 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 can happen in your head that like on one game you take like 26 shots and the other you take 10. There was an audible when you, groan from the crowd when he passed up a mid-range jump shot. That was wide open. Yeah. He passed it up trees. <laughs> and on the other side, like on the other side, San Antonio is amazing. They will probably not win the series, but they will make it interesting. The other series that really don't, bothered me... Don't you dare count out Derek White. Don't even try to. No, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. That's why I'm giving them seven <laughs> games. Okay. But uh, he was amazing, by the way. Uh, the other series that really left something... Well, like Kyle Lowry going 0 for 5. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I, I'm not sure if I'm more... Like, it, it's more weird that he took just five shots... Or that he didn't make anything. It was the most Raptors game one of the NBA oh playoffs ever, was it not? But it's that's terrible. So was like, that you? It was bad. You're the soul of that team, and you do that. You take five shots again. When people complain about Russ, he will never, ever take exactly five right. games in a playoff series. Like yeah. never, never. He shouldn't do that. He will never score I zero prefer- points in a game as well. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. And I prefer to die with my commander who go all the way in order to, to, to win the game. Yeah. And not I'm taking five shots. Like, yeah. sorry. And you lose to DJ Augustine. DJ, DJ Augustine outplays you. Like, that's, and, that's, like, that's, that's um, defensive player of the year, Kawhi Leonard, who in the last possession of the game decides not to play defense. That, that was really weird. And former Defensive Player of the Year, Mar- uh, Marcus Gasol. Right. Hey, so quick, this will be the last thing. Are yeah. there any of the? Because there's a lot of there are a lot of lower seeds that won. Mm-hmm. Any of them sustainable? Like, do you see any of these teams actually winning the series? Magic, uh, the Nets. You go to the West. I the think Spurs. that the Nets are. The, this is weird for me to say because I I kind of like Philly, but the Nets have a chance. Weirdly enough, because it's they are probably the the the, the talent uh, gap between the two teams is probably as big as the one between the Clippers and the Warriors. Where not maybe not that, but close to that. But they play perfectly every single night, and if Philly tries to bully them, they will have a hard time winning. Um, I don't think that any of the lower seed of the games that you mentioned will win um, for different reasons. But I do think that the Spurs and the Brooklyn Nets have uh, good chances to to make it really, really interesting. 
All right. Thank you, Michele, for joining us. Enjoy the rest. Thank of you, guys. Your, and enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, we'll see you next Monday or hear from you next Monday. Okay. All Bye-bye. right. <laughs> see, All right. see you, Michele. For us here, down to dunk, Andrew and Jay, we just want to say thank you so much for uh, listening, wherever you are. We're over here at Oklahoma Shirt Company once again, recording live. It's awesome. As they print the playoff shirts. Here at you, Oklahoma Shirt Company. You will see them on Friday night, yeah. which is the first game here, and then they play again on Sunday night. 8.30 p.m. both nights tip-off. We also Ooh. have a 9.30 tip tomorrow night here at Central Standard Time, and so... Get ready for no sleep. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But here's what I want you to do. If you go to the game on Friday night or Saturday night, or if you see those shirts and you think, holy moly, these shirts are incredible, shout out Oklahoma Shirt Company on your Twitter account. Check them out if you have any sort of merch need. Um, Shirt of the Month Club, all those things we talk about. But check them out. They are an incredible company doing an amazing job here, printing a ton of shirts, trying to get ready. A lot. Andrew, you have anything else, man? Uh, no, don't get too high and don't get too low. Yeah, man, it's the playoffs. It's game one. I know. Lots of good things to take away. You I have know to win suck- four. You have to win four. It sucks to lose. But it does suck to lose. It's not over. So keep the- your heads up, Thunder fans. Have the Thunder ever swept anybody? It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. It does not feel like it. But I think they have. Maybe. Remember they were supposed to sweep Dallas? And they <laughs> lost at home in game two. Oh, man, that was like a panic. That was, was, game, was it game two or game one? I think it was game two. Right, the Red Felton game. People were melting down. I was melting down. I was too. It's over! <laughs> it's over!